Welcome to Church at the Vineyard Sermon of the Week with Colton Penrod. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you this week to know Jesus, press into freedom, discover the new, and pour into the world. Well, I love you. Thank you for that. But let's give God some praise in this house. Let's do that. Yeah, he's good. He's so good. So today we are going to start with Back to the Basics, and it's a series that uh, I actually uh, was put on my heart several months ago, but I didn't know when to do it, how to do it. Uh, then the mental health series came, and I was like, okay, God, this has been on the back burner of my mind for a long time, so when, when are we going to do this? Because um, I'm going to be really real in a lot of this, really raw in a lot of this, and uh, I want you to understand that your pastor's heart is truly pure and wanting you to grow in Jesus. I'm not here to chastise, but I'm here to push you into a more um, active lifestyle with Christ because I'm going to be very blunt in the next statement that I'm about to say, but I'm sick of the church calling themselves Christians, but they don't know what the Word of God says. I'm going to say it again. I'm sick of the church calling themselves Christians, but they don't know what the Word of God says. Y'all can take that or y'all can leave it. But I'm just, sometimes it hurts getting back to the basics. Sometimes, especially me as I grew up Pentecostal, I grew up in the Spirit-filled church, I grew up where the the women who had their hair up and the bobby, whatever it's called, beehives and bobby pins were flying everywhere because I got the Holy Ghost going and they just a flipping and a flopping and speaking in tongues. My choir director, she wore three, or I don't know if it was three inches, but anyway, she was an older lady. She wore big old heels and she danced across the stage every time the choir got up and we sang I'll Fly Away and I'll, page 333. And let me tell you something, her bobby pins were flying away as she was singing. But I grew up in that atmosphere, but I saw as I got older and I, and I got into college and I started studying the word on a, on a, a collegiate level, I saw something that truly irked me about myself is that I tried to get too deep that I forgot what that said. That I looked for a word but neglected the word. No, y'all don't want to hear y'all don't want to hear me this morning. I looked for a word. I looked for a church service that had the best speaker that could prophesy over my life. And I sat in the chair. Oh Lord, please let them speak over me. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me this morning. Y'all I don't don't act like y'all hadn't done this. I sat in the chair and I was like, maybe this dude will spit on me because he's preaching so good and he'll, he'll spit on me. And I sat here and I'm just all quiet. And I'm like, Lord, Macy, I, re- I really, really hope this dude prophesies over me because I guarantee you he's got a word from the Lord. And Jesus is like, I gave you the word. Oh man, y'all, y'all, y'all better go ahead and get with me because if y'all don't get with me now, go ahead and buckle up your roller coaster. Y'all, y'all gonna fall out on the first flip. So when we get into this place, especially in spirit-filled uh, circles to where we want to look for the, the newest thing and the best thing and that's totally okay and Joe confirmed so much for me this morning, but sometimes, the, I'm getting way ahead of myself now, but sometimes the way that we carry things is the wrong way that we carry them. If we can't 
sing and shout to amazing grace, but we can shout to I praise you. There's something wrong with a heart mentality inside of us. Oh, we don't want to hear this because it's time that we get back to the basics because when we sing about amazing grace, it's talking about the man who came, died on a cross, shed his blood so that I could experience that grace. And when I begin to sing that song and I see that that song actually speaks something into my life, I can't help but weep under the power of the Holy Spirit because I know that one time I was at this place, but now I am here. Thank God for progression. I'm not at perfection yet, but I have made that progression. Praise God for the progression that you can make. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for the progression. So what I'm doing with you this morning is that you will make a progress starting this week because it is one of the most sobering statistics to look at and see how many regular church attenders do not read the Word of God. But in the moment of, of truly trying to figure out, God, what do you mean back to the basics? I knew this was going to be the first installment of it because there are so many times that we don't really true, no, truly know what the Word of God is and how to use the Word of God. We don't know. And, and it's so, it seems so basic, it seems so elementary that most of the time that we avoid the subject altogether. And when you avoid the subject altogether, you completely lose the subject altogether. So when I'm teaching, I do what's called, or I don't do it anymore, but when I'm teaching, I do what's called maintenance skills, specifically those who deal with autism. And these specific skills, I would go over with them every single day out of every single day of the year. And it was because it was called a maintenance skill, because if you don't continue that skill, you lose the skill. And that doesn't work with just autism, y'all. It works with everybody, right? So if you don't practice something, you will lose that skill. So I'm coming back to the basics and I'm going into something to let you know what the Word of God is and how to use the Word of God. Let's go. So John 5, 39, it says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. So this is actually Jesus speaking and this is in the middle of a rebuke, okay? So I want to put it in context for you guys so that you understand what's happening. He's basically talking to religious people. He's saying, you understand scripture, but that's all you know. You don't know me, okay? So, but... In this verse, we also see some divine revelation that states you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it's they that bear witness about me. So if you know the scriptures, you are going to know him. To know the word is to know him. Okay? There's no way around it. We can, we, and don't get me wrong, I fully 110% believe especially at initial salvation and initial uh, starting of your relationship with Jesus Christ, you have had a true experience with Jesus and you may not know a single word of scripture. I'm not saying that. I'm talking to Christians who have been in the church for so long, yet they don't know the word of God and claim and try to preach on Facebook things that are not the gospel. Anyways, we won't go there. So what is the word? There are three things on your chart that I want you guys to write down. And if you have one, please fill it out. I didn't just give it to you so that you can look at me and think it's all cute and pretty. I want you to actually use it. I'm supposed to empower you as the pastor. As the pastor, you're supposed to go out and actually preach into the world. It's not just the pastor's job. So actually use the tools that you have been given. Thank you so much. So three things that the word of God is. It's the light, the sword, and it's proof. 
the light, sword, and proof. It's the light, sword, and proof. So what I've got here is a lantern. And in the next verse that obviously talks about the light, it's Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We've got a lamp, a lantern. We've got several lanterns up here. And if we didn't have electricity, we didn't have all the cool lights, these are the things that we would use, right? But they're unto my feet. Has anybody ever gone into the living room and you're wanting a good old bottle of water because you are parched in the middle of the night and all of a sudden the couch decides it's going to get a demon and jump out in front of you? and break your pinky toe, and you start speaking in tongues over the corner of that couch, and you're like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Okay, has anybody ever done that? Just stub their toe, right? Maybe not that dramatic, but yes. Y'all get the picture. But what, it, what would have happened if you would have turned the light on? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, if you've just woken up, you're probably gonna be disoriented, you're probably going to stumble around a little bit as soon as the light comes on. Oh, y'all better go ahead and get with me on the spiritual aspect of this. You're probably going to start stumbling around. It's just like when you're in high school and the coach is letting you watch that same movie for the 50th time because the coach didn't feel like teaching that day and you fall asleep at your desk and then all of a sudden he flicks the light on because he thinks it's funny and you're like, oh, what's going on? The exact same thing happens when Holy Spirit reveals things to you. Oh, y'all better, better go ahead and get with me. So in the middle of the night when you're going around and you're trying to get that bottle of water, but you don't have the light on, you stumble. But when the light is turned on, there's a momentary bit of confusion. And I seriously think that's where we're at inside the church right now. Oh, y'all better hear, y'all, I don't know if y'all are with me this morning or not. We are in a time to where we, we see things being lit up and we're like, what in the world is actually going on? I don't know what to believe for this side. I don't know what to listen to for this side. We've got all kinds of confusing things going on. And Jesus is like, if you would stay in my word, I would reveal the light to you. And darkness would be lifted up and you would not have any more broken pinky toes screaming around, acting like you know something. But in all reality, you don't know anything. But I've given you everything inside these words. Quit looking for the prophetic word. Look at the word so that when the prophetic word is given to you, you it lines up directly with scripture and it confirms inside your mind oh my goodness y'all want to hear all this because I've, I've been there I've done that I've gotten I've gotten the t-shirt and I've sat in the seat and I've get, gotten a prophetic word and somebody actually mentioned a prophetic word over my wife now and she, the man said you're actually not supposed to marry that dude and guess what if she would actually have listened to this false prophet guess what none of this would have ever happened it's time that we get inside the word of God and not outside the word of God quit being keyboard Nazis and realize that this is the light of the world World. It is not anything else. It is the light of the world and it will light up the darkness. It will light up the darkest areas of your life. It may temporarily embarrass you and temporarily disorient your sight. But when light is given to you, darkness cannot stand. So that is why we need the word. That's what the word is. It's the light. The next portion is that it is proof. It is proof. 
So I am a, I'm totally a nerd. Y'all just forgive me. I just am, I always have been. Um, the more India asked about my childhood, the more I realized that I was such an odd bird and that I probably should have never had friends. I'm just kidding, totally kidding. But <laughs> so as I'm searching this out, I am always one. And y'all, Alfredo tried giving me a belt earlier. This dude is like six inches thinner than me. So I tried to put this belt on out there so that I'm not pulling my pants up. This thing doesn't even touch. Anyways, <laughs> so forgive me for pulling up my pants every five seconds. But when I'm reading in scripture, <laughs> y'all forget, I told y'all I've got ADD. But um, so when I'm looking through scripture, I love to see how it proves itself. I love to see that because I don't like to read things and be like, oh, it's just by faith. Yes, I understand it's just by faith. But a lot, to, a lot of times pastors use that as an excuse for not understanding what the word actually means. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to go there, do we? Yeah. We don't want to go there. We want to say, oh, it's just by faith. And that is true. That is 110% true. I am not negating the fact that it is just by faith. But my God is a little bit more creative than that. His creations continue to go and go and go. There's nothing new under the sun. We think that we've got new things. We think that we've got the newest iPhone. We think that we've got the newest uh, whatever. We've got the best equipment up here. We've got a cool, cool band. We've got all the new songs and the new things, but there's nothing new under him. So when this, I start searching the word out, I finally see that there's proof all throughout Scripture on what he's given me. So essentially... How is the Bible proof? How is the Bible proof? Well, in Job, which I might add was written several thousands of years ago. I'm going to say that again. In Job, which was written several thousands of years ago, the writer said, the earth hangs and suspends in nothing. How could a writer state that the earth is hanging in the midst of nothing? Because God's like, I'm going to reveal my secrets to you if you will listen to me. Oh, my goodness. And so we're finding this in the Word of God. We find that they've already discovered that the earth hangs in an atmosphere and it hangs upon nothing. So we've got that proof right here. In Isaiah 40, the writer knew that the earth was round when most thought it was flat. And if you flat earthers in here, anyways, we won't get on that. They knew already before there were scientific discoveries. He said, I've already got this. I've got it in the Word. Y'all have not discovered anything new. You're just using your own knowledge to confirm what I've already known and revealed to my prophets and my writers of the Word of God. So this is what we're finding out in the Word of God. This is why Christians need to get inside the Word of God and say, okay, yes, yeah, science is trying to disprove what the Word of God says, but if we look in the Word of God, the Word of God is just a confirmation for what scientists are already confirming. Okay, we won't, y'all, y'all better follow me. In Amos and Job, we see that the water cycle was described in incredible detail. Again, these books were written thousands of years ago before there was a scientific realization and written down, and there was a water cycle written within the Word of God. This is not crazy. This is wild. In Psalm, we see that they just happened to know that there were mountains and pathways below the surface of the ocean. There are mountains below the surface of the ocean. Thousands of years before there were an actual discovery about it, they wrote about it. 
Oh, y'all better hear me out. The biblical prophecies that were fulfilled by one man named Jesus. Y'all follow me on this. I want you to imagine a penny in your hand. Now, take that penny and cover the entire state of Texas. Take it one by one, the entire surface area of the state of Texas. Now do it two feet deep. That's a lot of pennies, right? That's the scientific equivalent of us going in and me telling Madison, go pick one penny and that's the Messiah to fulfill all the prophecies that have been fulfilled. For one man to actually fulfill all the prophecies that are scientifically proven and fulfilled, that's the chances you have of actually picking up the penny of Jesus Christ. Now those odds to me are just a little bit out there. It lets me know that Jesus was the true Messiah because one man can't come and just do all of that and fulfill the prophecies. You may say, what do you mean fulfilling all the prophecies? Jesus, I'm giving you the prophecies now, was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem, born of a woman. He came from the line of Abraham, descendant of Jacob, descendant of Isaac. He was from the tribe of Judah. He was being heir to King David's throne. His throne was anointed and eternal. He would be called Emmanuel. He would spend a season in Egypt. He mass the massacre of children would happen at his birthplace. And those are just a few of the 44 that I could give you that were fulfilled in the Old Testament, were prophesied in the Old Testament and then fulfilled in the New Testament. This is why we must get in the word of God because I just gave you a snippet of what the Messiah fulfilled from the Old Testament into the New Testament. One man fulfilled all of this. And the chances are you trying to go in and find that one penny named Jesus Christ that you just filled the entire surface of Texas with two feet deep, go pick the Messiah. That's insane. So if people are trying to disprove this and they will constantly, continually try to disprove the word of God, you remind them of these things. You remind yourself of these things because when you read the light, darkness cannot stand. There are times, I'm trying my best not to get ahead of myself, y'all. Okay. The next thing that the word of God is, it is a sword. I just want y'all to know that I posted this on Facebook. And I'm sure everybody thought I was an absolute lunatic asking to see if people had swords. And I showed up at somebody's house that I've never met before to get this sword, so praise God. <clears throat> so the word of God is the sword. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. It's the sword. Don't y'all forget to be writing these things down again. I told y'all, I gave y'all tools. Don't forget to write them down. I want y'all to be empowered by this, not just look at me like I'm crazy holding a sword. What is a sword in basic terminology? Somebody give me what a sword is in basic terminology. A weapon. It's a weapon, right? It's a weapon. The way you hold it, I'm not going to try, y'all. I would probably cut somebody's ear off. Apparently this thing is actually sharp because he warned me about it, so I'm going to put it back in the thing. Front row people are like, praise God. They about started speaking in tongues, me putting this up. This thing, this sword 
sharper than any two-edged sword. This sword is. Cuts between joint and marrow. And it's able to discern the heart intentions of people. I'm trying my best. Not, I've got like five and a half million things running through my head. But there's one question that is probably going to stick with, that will stick with me the rest of my life. But who told you that? So when you start getting into the Bible, you will begin to realize things that you were taught weren't actually ever in the Bible. Man, we don't want to go there. There's a lot of crickets right there. When we get in the Word of God, we start to see darkness that has been taught to us in a mask of theology. Oh, my good gosh. We're like, we try, oh, my good, mm, I didn't know I was going on this rabbit trail. Well, we've got many pastors who use the basis of it's only on faith and they get up here without any preparation behind a pulpit and they're saying that it's all from God but in all reality, no, it's just because you don't know what you're talking about. It's time that people get in the word of God and read what it says because when you read what it says, it lights up things and it illuminates the darkness and it chastises and cuts things between joint and marrow and says you've been... Ooh, you've been inside of a body that is a fake body and it's a masquerade, but I'm cutting it at the joint and stating this is what the word of God says. And when my people rise up and understand what the word of God says, then we will begin to see the revival that people keep shouting about. When we get inside this word, we will begin to see the... Oh, y'all aren't hearing me this morning. Y'all y'all may not be liking this, but I'm gonna preach some truth this morning. It's time that Christians get in the word of God again. It's time that you be... I'm going there, Evan Wallace said it best, get a little extra. I remember getting into my granny's house and staying the night with her. At one o'clock and two o'clock in the morning, she would be going, I speak life over my babies. I speak life over my grandchildren. And she would begin to quote the scriptures of the holy word of God over my life. And you can't tell me that the reason that she stayed up till one or two o'clock in the morning and spoke things over my life, that that's not the reason I'm still standing here because she understood her word, her word was falling apart. Her word was highlighted. She knew it from front to back. And you want to know why she saw revival in her life and that her children have not strayed away from the love of Jesus? It's because she got into the word and she knew that the word was God and is God and who will always be God when you understand what the word is and you fight with the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. You will begin to see things fall down in your life that have stood as giants for way too long. And you may say that Goliath is inside of my life, you start speaking the scripture to that Goliath and watch it fall. It's a sword. So how do you use the word? First thing you need to do is pray before you read the word. That's on your note. Yeah, I know I got a little off track, but I will a lot. That's on your notes this morning. Pray before you read the word. There are often times that in 1 Corinthians, Paul lets us know that we need the power of his spirit in order to understand the things of God. So for me, before I read, 
And these are just tips. These are not like you have to follow them in this order. These are just tips that you can use. But for me, before I get into the word of God, I love to put on my favorite worship song, which right now is gratitude. Hallelujah. (laughs) And just sit and pray before I get into his word. Because it helps center me. Because when I become centered and I can listen, that's when you can hear from the Lord in his word. For me, it is. It may look a little different for you. You may like a cup of coffee on the front porch. I've done that before. That's awesome. But pray before you read the word. Because when when you center yourself and you get to this point of, okay, I'm going to pray. I've got to center myself. You're not thinking about the kids running around. You're not thinking about anything else. You're just completely centered. And then you get into the word of God so that you can receive the word, which is him. Pray before you read. Another tip that you can use is read the Bible in chunks. What I mean by this, and again, I'm trying to try to not get off on a rabbit trail. Read the Bible in chunks, okay? C-H-U-N-K-S. I'm gonna give you guys a little snippet of information that many of you may not know, many of you may know. The Bible was not written with chapters and verses. The original manuscript was not written with chapters and verses. I probably blew a lot of your minds just then, but it was not. The original intent of the writing of the Word of God was for the hearers of the Word of God. Okay? The original intent of the authors was so that they could read it or other people could read it and that it would pierce the ears of those who are listening. So there were no verses or chapters. Those were added later. So what I mean by reading your word in chunks is if you only take one part of Scripture, one verse, as we call it now, it's called taking the word out of context. You must understand the entirety first in chunks and then see how it can apply to your life then. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you really, really good stuff right here because I didn't know this. Read it in chunks. The best way I know how to tell you is chapters. That's what I would recommend. I do not recommend going in and reading one or two verses and then that's it, okay? I know that that sounds a little backwards from many of what you probably feel like you can do, but I dare you to take chapters and read them at times. Because if, like that first verse I read, y'all would have never known had I not told you that that was actually Jesus rebuking people. Y'all would have been like, oh, that's a jolly message. It was actually Jesus rebuking somebody. Read it in chunks. Read the Bible in community. Read the Bible in community. It's another portion on your notes. Read the Bible in community. Because if you're like me and you start reading, your mind will drift and wander off to something else because one word will trigger something and you're, you're thinking about what's for dinner tonight. Nobody ever been there? <laughs> reading the word of God and your mind might drift. But if when you're in community, there's a little bit more accountability. 
Read the Bible in community. Take your friends. Go with them. Read the Bible together. Ask the crazy questions that you got. Because if you don't ask them, you may not ever get the answer for it. Okay? It's totally okay to ask the crazy questions. Totally okay. Read the Bible in community. Read the Bible in private. This one seems to be one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do. And I'm not here to chastise. I'm not here to get on to anybody. But reading the Bible in private will begin to reveal things inside your life that will push you toward a love of holiness. I'm serious, y'all. You start getting in Scripture and you understand, you understand what it says, you go after it, and you'll begin to see the love for Jesus in your life, which will push you to a pursuing of holiness that you've never experienced before. Reading the word in private will constantly push you to live a life that is exuberating of him, exuberant of him. It will, it'll just push you toward the Last thing I want you to do is memorize scripture. Memorize scripture. Something you've done maybe in Sunday school, something you may have not done in several years. It's actually something that, <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you, memorizing scripture is not one of my strengths because I feel like if I'm not making progress, I'm going to move on to something else. I'm just that type of person. If I'm done with something, I'm done with it. Don't ask me to do it anymore. I'm done with it. I'm throwing it away, okay? I'm just, just that type of person. If, if I don't see progress in it, I, I just, I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm just a data-driven person. If I don't see progress, what's the point in doing it? That's not always the case. God wants you to sit down. He wants you to memorize that scripture. Because when you memorize scripture, guess what you're doing? You're hiding it in your heart. And when you hide things in your heart, the word of God says out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you hide things in your heart, guess what comes out? Scripture. So when you memorize the scripture and you put it in here and you put it in here, it begins to come out. And then that's how you can access the how to use the word of God. How to use the word of God. So how do you use the word as light and a sword? How do you use the word as a light and a sword? There's one thing that when I talk with people and um, pray with them, one thing that seems to be a very huge um, denominator in a lot of people's lives is some form of fear. And that may equate to, I mean, something as dramatic as I constantly am in fear that I'm going to lose my son or daughter. Or it may be the fear of, you know, I just don't feel good enough or quite adequate enough. There we go. I got it out. But whatever it is, it's some level of fear. And I'm here to let you know that when you use the word as light and you use the word as a sword, you can penetrate that demonic fear. 
You can penetrate every bit of it. I see it all the time in so many, so many people's lives, including my own. There's many times to where I can't take that next step because I'm like, I don't know what's on the other side of that next step. I feel like if I take the next step, I'm going to fall. I feel like if, I'm gonna do, if I don't do it perfectly the first time, then there's no sense in doing it at all. That's a level of fear in my own life. But when I realize, when I realize the tools that I actually have in hiding the word in my heart, you begin to be able to cut down those fears. You begin to be able to battle those fears like you never thought you were able to battle them before. Y'all, I'm about to go ahead and we're going to start preaching, but I want you to hear something from me. The word of God cuts between joint and marrow. It cuts everything down. It can tear every bit of walls that are in your life. It can tear them down. It can crush them down. It can obliterate them. And he will do whatever he can to get to that level of relationship with you. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I, I want to make sure because what I'm talking about is the word of God. And the reason a lot of times that we, we can shout and sing and we can get all kinds of excited is because we oftentimes feel like this may be a little bit too basic. Just talk. I'm not talking about the contents of the word. I'm talking about reading the word. I've not gotten to understanding the word yet. I'm just telling you what it is and how to use it. I've not gotten to understanding the word. That's next week. But right now I'm talking about what is the word. It's a light, it's a sword, and it is proof. So right there enough, I've got, so if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Y'all better go ahead and get with me. When the enemy tries to come at you and say that you are not good enough because you got all those things, all those skeletons in your closet, you begin to take what's hidden inside of you, which is the word of God, and you say, devil, if you want to touch the skeletons that are in my closet, you better look at your hands because it's got the crimson red blood of Jesus Christ in them. Oh, y'all aren't hearing me this morning. I said, devil, if you want to drag out my skeletons in my closet, go ahead. Because they are covered in the crimson red blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't have to live under that fear anymore from you telling me I am no longer enough. Because when I read in Psalm 103, 12, it says that you have cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. And no matter how far east you go, you can never touch west. And no matter how far west you go, you can never touch west. My goodness, y'all better go ahead and get with me. I don't care if y'all shout with me or not. I'm talking about the living word of God. And if the devil comes at you saying you can't be healed, the word of God says that I am made whole by his stripes. I am healed. I'm speaking the word of God this morning. There's power in the word of Jesus Christ. There's wonderful power in the word of Jesus Christ. If you're grieving and you're going over uh, such the loss of a loved one because I've been there before and you are just grieving and constantly can't get out of it, you remind the enemy in Revelation that says that one day every tear will be dried up. There will be no more tears, no more hurt, no more pain and let that be your hope instead of the words of the enemy coming in your ear and let the word of God come out of your mouth. He's wonderful. He's marvelous, y'all. If I could, go ahead and have the band come on up for me. (sighs) 
oftentimes we want to take matters into our own hands, right? We want to take matters into our own hands and throw hands, right? But when I read in Scripture, it says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. When I begin to question if God is real, oh yeah, the preacher's even done that. I mean, so let's just be real. Let's go ahead and go there. I look into what the Word of God says, and I see that even the greatest minds of earth today are only helping but confirm the Word of God. When I get into moments of a depressive state and I get into this place of wondering if, if I'm actually going to be able to do what he set out for me to do, I remember that in his word it calls me a masterpiece and that I'm created in the image of God. when I wonder if my prayers are ever going to do anything for me, I remember the story of Abraham before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham stated, if you can find this many people to save in this city, would you do it? And Jesus listened to him and said, yes. When there are things that I feel like I've got to get rid of in my life and I'm scared and terrified of the mission that God's put before me, I'm reminded of Abraham who took his son to be sacrificed. And his son looks at him and says, where's the lamb, dad? Where's the lamb at? Where's the sacrifice at, Dad? And Abraham says, he'll provide a lamb. But one thing I want you to point out, I want to point out this morning, is when we get in Scripture, we can realize things. We can see things that we've never seen before. And one of the things I really got confused on while I was studying that passage was, because Abraham said that God would provide a lamb, but God actually provided a ram. And I was like, okay, what's the difference here? Is there even a difference? Am I trying to be too spiritual? I mean, what's going on? And it was like immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Abraham was prophesying that I would come. Abraham knew that there was the Son of Man coming. And he said, I'm going to provide, a, he's going to provide a lamb for you. So that makes me think that Abraham was still thinking he was going to have to sacrifice his son because Abraham knew that one day a lamb would be provided. So you may say, what are you saying all these things for? Because I want you to realize that it's going to take a sacrifice of things. A sacrifice of time. Maybe even a sacrifice of sleep. To get into this word and understand Him. And understand that you have one of the most powerful tools that if you begin to quote these things with your mouth, you're going to see walls fall down in your life. 
When I was in school at JSU, y'all, it took me eight years to get a four-year degree. Don't make fun of me. My first year, I, I didn't flunk out, but I lost my scholarships. I just didn't keep my grades up high enough. I'd quit going to church. I said I was never stepping foot into a place full of hypocrites again. I actually even stated the words that I hated God and I would never return into a church ever again because I was sick of hypocrites. Y'all getting the real side of me today. But then I began to search out His Word. I began to actually see stories that provided the grace that I was taught about, but I never saw it. I read about the woman at the well who had several husbands and she was neglected and she wasn't supposed to be at the well because she was an outcast and everybody else called her and said, hey, you're basically just sleeping around with every man. You've got all these husbands. And, but Jesus decided to meet her at the well and said, hey woman, I know who you are and I want you to go tell people about me. That's the grace that I began to read about in the Word of God. So when I, when I stepped away from what I called religion, when I now call religion, when I stepped away from that and I got into the true Word of God, I realized that there was actually light. There was actually a sword that when my thoughts told me I wasn't good enough, it reminded me, hey devil, do you remember the woman at the well? When someone comes to me and they confess their sins and they're all ashamed because I'm the pastor and I have to pull out a sword and I say, do you remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery? The only thing that Jesus said was get up and sin no more. So I do the same to you. I empower you in the name of Jesus Christ that his blood is the thing that saves. It's not by my mind, not by my power, but by the spirit says the Lord. So when I get into the scriptures, I actually see how Jesus is the sword. I actually see how he is the light. So in these, in these moments of, of pulling away and, and really stripping myself of, of what I thought church, well, I don't know why I'm preaching this way, but I'm just going this way. What I thought church was, I meant, I'm, met somebody by the name of India. Woo, right. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And, but, while it had taken me so many years to get this degree back to where I was at JSU, I would constantly say, and so many of you have heard this story, but I've got to tell it again. I would say all the time that it's going to be, I'm going to be 40 by the time I graduate with this degree. I would get so frustrated, I hated it. I was like so, I was so irritated with school by that point. 
and I was a youth pastor at the time and there was a message that I had preached to the teens and I told them I said I dare you to start speaking the things that are not in your life as though they were and I'm not talking about you didn't study for a test and you're going to walk into the English room and you're going to be like Lord Jesus I speak 105 I got 100 I'm going to even get the bonus question no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about speaking the things that are not yet in your life that you're working for and that you're going toward and that God has promised for you. You speak those things and watch them happen. I was, I had a graduation date of two years later and she said, I want you to do something crazy and I want you to, I want you to claim a graduation date of a year later, like cut, cut it down in two years or in one year. So I began to speak those things and I began to speak life over situations. I began to speak the word over situations and guess what happened? I graduated the exact semester, right? I graduated the exact semester because somebody was willing enough to call me on my own junk and say, you're saying this, but you're doing this. Why don't you actually do what this says? Let's stand all over this place. My challenge to you this week is to be extra and it spoke to me so hard last night when I heard Devin preaching about it this is not to brag on myself this is to tell you what God's doing in my life because many would call it extra never put enough word inside of you because it is living and breathing you may read one scripture one passage of scripture today and next year read the exact same thing and the word of God just hits you like a ton of bricks in a completely different way than it did a year ago it's because it's living and breathing it's an active thing it's not <laughs> this life is an active life this Christian walk it's an active walk I remember laying in, on the couch at my granny's and during the summer. When I say that she would stay up, read and pray for two to three hours into the wee hours of the morning, I remember it so vividly. Because as nine to 12 year old, I was like, Granny, would you please just hush? I'm ready to go to bed. Just being real with you. But her being that type of extra, led to something like this. Her being that type of, her legacy being that type of extra <laughs> led to me two years ago praying for business owners 
when I had no idea I was going to be a business owner and I was praying over myself I didn't even know it her extra caused breakthrough in my own life her reading the word and understanding what it said brought breakthrough for other people I feel like I stand in a room full of people who want to be world changers. Who want to be revivalists. Who want to see people set free from the same junk that you've been set free from. And you may say, well, what does that take? It takes being extra in this world. Right now, and again, I'm not doing it to brag on myself, but right now I'm going through four different studies in the Word of God. Two of them are with people I'm discipling and two of them are on my own. And at at one point when I did all of this, I actually had to just ax one of them because I was getting things confused. But I had to ax one of them. But in the midst of this, I heard a voice that was like, or in my mind, that was like you're doing too much you're just being ridiculous with all this you need to back off of this and then immediately Holy Spirit quenched me and said do you not realize that my word is a light and that my word is a sword and it is sharper than any two-edged sword it cuts between joint and marrow it can even discern the intentions of others hearts So today, I <laughs> today I beg with you to get at least one chapter in every single day this week. Every single day. I'm not going to tell you where to start. If you want to ask me where I recommend, I'll give you recommendations. If you're very new in the Word, start with the Gospels. If you know what the Gospels say, then go to Romans and Galatians. That's my recommendations to start off. I dare you to start doing it. And then I dare you to look next week how service shifts in a new direction. I can promise you, I I can legitimately promise you, if every person in this room came in with at least seven chapters of Word compared to zero this time next week, the atmosphere in this house, (laughs) you'd actually have to have a sword to cut through the Spirit. So I challenge you to get after that. I'm trying to call, I'm trying to close out, but I mean, I just, I feel him, I feel him moving in a different way this morning. I normally don't preach this long. Well, I don't know, I might, y'all might call me a liar after that. But, If there's anyone in this room that does not know Jesus as their personal Savior, you may have grown up in church, 
You may have heard only the word. It's just by faith. And you've never been given an explanation. But you want to truly know who Jesus is. And you want to give your life to him this morning. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you, and you want to make Jesus your personal Savior this morning, raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to move on. If you've had a relationship with Jesus in the past, and you feel like you've drifted away to where He can't reach you anymore, or you can't reach Him, which first off, I'm going to tell you is a lie of the devil. But you feel that way. Your feelings are true. But you feel that way and you want to bridge that gap and you want to feel and be able to love on Him and Him love on you once again. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Got one hand, two hands, three hands, four hands. Church, pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, I pray every single hand that was raised, Lord, that you would go to them and that you would touch them, Jesus. Lord, that you would wrap your arms around them. Lord, that you would let them know that you've never left them and you've never forsaken them because on your cross you said it is finished and that includes their life that you've given. You've given your life for their life, Jesus. God, wrap your loving arms around them this morning. Let your peace just surround them. God, let them feel like the prodigal son felt in the parable when they were returning home that you were running after them. Lord, that you gave him a robe, you gave him a ring, you gave him the sandals on his feet and you had a celebration waiting on him in the house. Let them be able to feel that celebration this morning as they return to their first love, which is you, Jesus Christ. God, we give you the glory for it in the name of Jesus. Let's give a shout of praise in this house for those four. Hey! Yes! Lord, we give you the praise in this house. Mm, thank you, Jesus. So I challenge you, take that chapter every day. Read it every day. And then when you come in here next week, watch the difference. Watch the difference in, in how you can receive from the Lord and how you can hear from the Lord by basking in His presence of the Word. Isn't it good, y'all? It's wonderful. Thank y'all for sticking this out with me next week. We'll continue this. I love you. I hope that you felt the love of Jesus in this place. Be blessed. Be be glorified in His name. I love you. Welcome to Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that you experience the love of Jesus this week.